Welcome to Swine Time Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Spencer Wayne. I'm here at Pipestone, and I get to host this great podcast. I'm one of the staff veterinarians working with hog farmers in the area, and I'm also one of the owners of Pipestone Holdings, and I have this great pleasure of interviewing people uh, periodically every so many weeks that have interesting things to tell us. And again, I want to thank Abby, Molly, and Kira for getting better microphones because the sound quality now on these podcasts is so much better. So thanks to those. Again, I think I thanked them the last podcast as well. Uh, today, we have a great, great guest. Probably going to be the best show ever, maybe. Um, Hal Schmidt, somebody I've known for a long time, and he's going to talk to us about transportation and everything associated with transportation. But before we get into any of that, um, I said I've known him for a long time. Uh, I, there's a ton of stuff about Hal I don't know, but I'll turn it over to him to explain who he is and how he got to this spot, a little bit of his own personal history with, with us and, and outside of our group here, just what he's done. Well, you've over uh, uh, promised what this uh, interview is going to be like, so we'll we'll break that right away. And a uh, little background: I've been uh, part of Pipestone for over thirty-five years, and one of my first experiences with Spencer was uh, a phone call uh, <laughs> telling me that he had ran out of gas in a vehicle that Gordon Spronk used to have, and the gauge has no, never worked on it. And they both had a different calculation on how far you could go after it said empty. So yeah. uh, that was a, a good experience to go pick uh, Spencer off the interstate by Laverne. Yeah, and I remember that because um, I was right by the, the Laverne exit, I think, and I knew you were close. I was hoping you would answer the phone, and you did, so I thank you for that. Your definition of close to the exit is different than mine, but <laughs> yes, you were on the interstate. Yeah. Okay, I interrupted you. Go ahead, please. So that's that's the basics. Uh did come on board as a, a big gain feed representative. Uh, got to know my clientele that way. And uh, eight years ago, uh, I transitioned to Pipestone. And Dr. Minion uh, asked me if I would consider focusing on transportation. So it was relatively new for me. But uh, eight years ago is when uh, transportation uh, became my passion. Okay, eight years ago. thought it had been slightly longer, but that's about right. Um you mentioned back with big gain feeds. I remember those days because I am about 18 years myself with the company, and I remember with those farms, you, you well, you knew about feed, and you knew about people, and you were kind of like a wheel greaser a little bit on just you, if there was 10 situations, you figured out how to get through it. You were always massaging personalities and, and constraints. I'm saying that. Is that about right? Relationship manager yeah, relationship. Has, always been, <laughs> has always been my title. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so that would apply directly to your skills today. It's got to be because – you can't be rigid and you got to be able to work with people on what you're doing now. It's agriculture. You have to be able to be flexible. Okay. So eight years transport starts. Why? Well, when, uh, when we were uh, looking at it, Luke said, uh, truthfully, this division was developed by accident or necessity. Um, it wasn't real fun for any commercial trucker to get involved and get the trailers as clean as we needed them, uh, to be as flexible. Uh, so the biosecurity kind of drove the fact that the vet clinic ended up owning some trucks, using your employees or our employees at that time to drive trucks. And then it progressed to the point where we started growing faster. We went from goosenecks to uh, to semis, and that's when, uh, you know, we needed to make a decision to do it properly and professionally or 
get out of it totally and outsource it. So that's the, the development of Pipestone Transport and the direction we're going today. Okay. So in my mind, because I've been watching it over the years and it muddles all together, there's transport as, as a company. There is a truck wash that we have right here local, just, just on the east side of the, of the clinic complex. And then there's also um, one missing piece. What am I thinking? The dry building. Uh, the dry building. Yes, exactly. And so those are just by happenstance, we had some empty buildings from a previous occupant that were perfect for that. But you know, they all, did they all come at the same time or did this develop kind of first, this is this, and then the next came or how did that come about? It certainly developed over time. So anybody who's been into the Pipestone campus, actually where the main uh, meeting rooms are today over in the annex, we actually were washing pickups and trailers in that building. It was uh, the old uh, uh, Omdahl building. <clears throat> so there's been lots of changes here. The, the truck wash uh, came into play and was originally a, a self-service where the drivers would wash their own trucks and trailers and nobody was uh, there manning it. Um, so as we've grown, uh, we have, today we have hubs and I would call that any place that there's washing of uh, transport vehicles going on. So there's seven hubs throughout the Midwest where there is a wash uh, setup, whether it's done, you know, basically as a self-service by the driver or a crew. The particular one here in Pipestone, we wash about 20 trailers a day. <clears throat> we'll have 12 to 14 employees on staff every day to get that kind of work done. So, and then the driving division is actually separate from the wash division as far as we use owner operators and the definition of that is a an individual that does the driving of his own power unit and then pulls a trailer that's owned by one of the sow barns so so the the driving is is another entity of it and then some of the locations have what we call a dry building and that's where the trailers can be parked inside uh, kept out of the weather, kept away from birds nesting and stuff like that. So that's kind of the the two main things. You have to have the wash and you have to have the driving hub. The The drying buildings is is a luxury that isn't located everywhere. Okay. And there's one other little piece that you mentioned, but maybe different than, than other pork production companies out there, and that is this sow unit owns this trailer. And I know it because I know it, and you mentioned it, but other systems may have a community trailer that gets used by several entities. That's different than what we do because every unit is owned by producers and they own their own trailer and that trailer gets handled especially for that unit. It gets washed, it gets put in its own parking slot. Is that, am I saying that right? Pretty much so. The model of uh, the sow barns owning their trailers was twofold. One, it, it is the basic start of biosecurity. If yours are the only pigs that go on the trailer, uh, that's one level of biosecurity. Uh, the other issue was the trailers. Sometimes uh, it's not really efficient if you're only hauling, able to put your pigs on one trailer. The trailer doesn't get enough use to justify the cost. So um, a little bit of it is the cost of biosecurity to own a, a private trailer. We have learned that uh, in the case of the Pipestone Hub, we've had to add what we call flex trailers because the distance some of the trailers are going, we can't get them back and washed and turned in time for the next delivery. So there, are, we do work now with a series of flex trailers that have their own pyramid of biosecurity so they can fit into 
going to several barns, but it's a very strict uh, procedure on how they flex through to keep our system going. Yeah. Okay. So back to the question of why we have transportation. You mentioned right off the bat, right off the bat, right out of the gate, clean, something about clean or sanitation, which is what I remember. But do you want to frame that up? Like, what was it bad where they were elsewhere being washed or housed? Or why, why did we not trust that enough to do to do ourselves? How did that come about? Well, I think over time, uh, we had some experiences where a trailer was told to us was clean, and we still had a, an, a break of disease at a barn. And then when we sent our veterinaries or did our diagnostics to figure out what caused it, you would find there, there's really different levels of cleanliness. And that's where uh, you have to have the driver and the truck wash all agreeing on what level is. And we could argue today we may be excessive, but it's kind of hard to go backwards after you establish that it took this level for us to know that no disease is being spread through transportation. So we're to a point where if there's a speck of manure bigger than your fingernail, it has to be reprocessed. If we've got more than five wood chips in a trailer, it needs to be reprocessed. And kind of a unique deal with uh, the way we do it, Spencer, is we do a dry clean. So the drivers actually scoop out the wood shavings. Uh, at a separate location, in this case, the, the sale barn in Pipestone. The wood chips get reused for cattle bedding, but we, we do the first clean there so we don't have to handle all the wet wood shavings at our wash facility. So uh, they, when they get to the wash, we are strictly washing uh, a, basically a bare mm-hmm. uh, metal trailer. Okay. So... Um, also, another thing that's probably unique about this is you were put into this by necessity, but it was not hell. Let's let's have a business that makes all sorts of money. It was we got to do this, and it was essentially a cost center, and it, it to some degree still is. But you, can you describe like how we've approached that as a system? Yeah. So so the the thought process was that the uh, majority of the sow barns want to use pipestone transport, uh, but they're not forced to they could actually decide to find a different source or, or own their own company. Um, and the Pipestone uh, philosophy was that if people are doing business with us kind of out of necessity, we shouldn't overcharge it. So it's not, it was never designed to be a, a, a profit center. We do have to make money and carry our costs. So basically it's a cost plus just, to keep the service available uh, because it's not readily available in the industry. Okay. What's the volume you do? You mentioned 20, 20 trucks a day here, but to- if you just framed it up per month, year, day, trucks, volume, what is yeah. that? So, so, yeah, it's hard to track the numbers because they're constantly moving, but uh, we'll, we'll move in excess of 5 million uh, wean pigs a year, uh, probably going to head well over 6 here million this year. You know, a couple – million miles on the road uh our drivers most of the time do get home every night so we still feel like we're kind of a regional company but uh, we move a lot of product uh and we go out five days a week and uh, uh, we're kind of like when the weather's rough we still within the next two days have to get that same number of pigs out Mm -hmm. We have a holiday week coming up, and we still have to move every pig that needs to be weaned with one less day in the week, and we get it done. Yeah, and it's you mentioned it right now, wean pigs. 
versus fat hogs. It's wean pigs. It is some breeding stock, but but not fat hogs and not feeder pigs. Yep, we do the cull sows and the wean pigs, and then more and more there's uh, connections with uh, gilt multiplication again, and we're helping as often as we can with that. Uh, but the market hog, uh, there's a you know a whole group of truckers that handle that, and we stay out of that business. Okay. For logistics, you mentioned that we've got like an owner operator model that is the bulk of what we have for haulers that that's people that own their own tractor. They're their own driver. And then they come and pick the trailer up. How do you handle logistics on that when it's so spread out? Is there one person that controls all of it? Is it something just cross training? Is it the biggest neck ache of the whole pro- or what is the, tell us about logistics, how you manage that. Yeah. So, so training pretty much you figure out at each hub where you've got a long-term uh, driver that knows the routine. So, you recruit them to help uh, educate and train anybody new. We usually have them ride with an existing driver a couple times before they come on with their own truck so they, they know the procedures. Um, and then from what we call the logistics of setting up the loads every week, uh, we actually look at the wean schedules on Tuesday the week prior. By Thursday, uh, our team headed up by Leslie Reese We'll put out a trucking schedule for the next week. And then, uh, uh, so basically all of the drivers know next week's schedule on Thursday of the week prior. And then you deal with weather, uh, people calling in sick. It's all part of it. You you change your logistics when emergencies come up. You guys, is it mostly phone calls or you have some fancy app that communicates it out? How high tech have you gotten on it? Well, it's based off of the website, so everything is on there. Um, the main thing, it's not exactly an app, but it is a. the drivers are able to, on their phone, just uh, click in how many bales, uh, bags of wood chips, uh, how many miles they put on. So our invoicing is done electronically, but it's not necessarily an app. Uh, they all, the drivers, get their private schedule on their phone saying which barns they're lined up for. So that's all done through the the website that most of our shareholders would have some familiarity yeah. with. That's the, that's the heartbeat of everything. Yeah, the traffic schedule and, and everything showing where, where and when. Yep. Okay, biosecurity. You've talked a little bit about it. Um, in the, When I'm thinking of truck washes, trucks, we don't have a TAD system, do we? Uh, we do not. Um We've looked at the economics, uh, um, a couple things. It takes an awful lot of fuel to do that. It takes a very specialized building because you it cannot be co-housed due to problems with gases and stuff. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a system that's proven to work, but it, it just isn't very efficient, and it's, it's really hard on seals and mm-hmm. wiring and all of that stuff. So we've chose not to. Scott D's research shows if, if we get the disinfectant applied properly, with a, we use a foaming system so we can see where we've disinfected. It's like painting, and then we give it a dry. We want to make sure that all the trailers have dried. So at that point, it's given the disinfectant long enough to do its job. Uh, us putting trailers inside is for preventing bird nesting, and it certainly is a benefit for during the winter to pull a, a warm trailer where the brakes aren't froze up and it's not mm-hmm. iced up before you even start. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm thinking the natural trade-off. It's got to be 
Um, I'm going to turn this trailer as fast as I can as often. Well, you better have a tad because you have no downtime. If you have downtime and the ability to rest that thing, then just be room temperature and dry off naturally, and that accomplishes the same thing. We already built that way, so tad didn't really fit for you. Correct. Okay. Uh, trailer inspection. I'm thinking of Kelly or somebody like Kelly that's going inspecting trailers. Is there a, a routine of a person that goes and oversees that? Sure. So it, through the wash here in Pipestone, where we actually have a team that's washing them, we have a point person that we do our own self-inspection. So the goal is to catch something uh, that we may have missed. Uh, and then the third party audits is a confidence builder for the shareholders to know that it's not strictly my group of employees that is looking at it, that uh, employees from another division that is strictly uh, their job is to make sure biosecurity at the sow barns and at the truck wash and the trailers get inspected. Uh, it's, it's kind of a random sampling on the trailers. The washes all get 100% inspected, you know, pretty much weekly. But the trailers, it's a random sampling to make sure that, you know, everybody's trailer gets looked at at some point. Okay. Not necessarily every time, but there's... Not a every time. No. How, what percent fail? Uh, this last uh, quarter, or the first quarter of this year, uh, uh, this hub ran at 97% uh, passed. Okay. So the three out of 100... There was something, some yeah. There was a or, spec, okay. and uh, usually you'll find that. And and we move our trailers <clears throat> about two blocks after the wash bay, and a lot of times uh, that driving around the street will shake something loose. That mm. you know, but we've spent a lot of time filling every crack and and hard spot on the trailer to try to identify where where we miss occasionally. Mm-hmm. We try to identify it so we quit missing that spot. Okay. Anything else on biosecurity? I'm thinking of the farm sees the trailer coming. Have you ever had customer complaints that a trailer is dirty? Well, the minute we hit the outside roads, the trailers look dirty again, okay? Oh, so okay. so uh, uh, from our standpoint, the inside of the trailers are clean, dirty line. So when we are parked in our sheds or in a parking lot, anytime a clean trailer is to be entered, that's when you have to boot up. Okay, so you could walk around the outside of a trailer, you know, in your street clothes and street shoes, but uh, we have to protect that step over line. And really, the only way to do that is just so much opportunity for contamination with gravel roads and this and that. So we just, the inside is, is the clean spot. Yeah. When a driver shows up, what's the process that they go through to get in the trailer? Because I've, I've watched other, other people loading wean pigs and there's, there's a whole bunch of different ways to do it. What way? What ways are we? I don't know. We're we're a disposable, primarily disposable equipment. So we'll plastic boot coming out of the tractor. Uh, we will go to the trailer, and then we will double boot as we go in. The bedding will have already been in the trailer. The driver will go then spread the bedding uh, throughout the trailer um, after you know, after he's firmly backed up to it. So so you're you're. You're double booted, you load the pigs, you don't step into the chute. They do everything they can not to have pigs come back and forth. And then as they leave the trailer, uh, they would remove their boots to get into their cab, store it usually in a bag or garbage bag, and then that gets brought back into a, you know, a dumpster or something on campus. Okay. All right. Welfare. How many... How many pigs can you pack on a trailer is what comes to mind. But what what's the, what's your approach to welfare? Is it just density or there? 
What are the well, it's density and bedding. So uh, we have uh, uh, everybody's TQA certified. Um, I do serve on the committee that helps uh, put the book out every three years or so. The pork checkoff uh, redoes the TQA program. So uh, there's a lot of input and uh, on density is, is one aspect. And then uh, making sure that you get the um, ventilation right. You want to get it not too hot, not too cold. So there, there's charts and, and things to follow on all of that. So animal welfare is, uh, is something we all take very, very seriously. And, uh, uh, but there's a whole protocol for doing that. Yeah, for density, is, is it seasonally up and down? Because in the summer, you can't do it. You can't, you can't place them quite as dense in the summer be, because it's just too hot. Is that fair or is it not same all year round? Well, well it's a fair. Uh, the other thing to, to think about in the wintertime, you also don't want them packed to the outer wall be, and not be able to get away from that. You can get some freezing on, on walls. So basically, there's no heavy research on it, but basically about 0.7 square feet for a wean pig. And so that's why we have decking in our semis, but that's, uh, you know, the different, there's several different styles of trailers out there. Primarily we use a pot semi with a third rail. Okay. All right. What else in welfare? Do you ever have to, there's no situation where you're watering pigs down, wean pigs. Uh, Wean pigs, uh, we found that uh, getting those wet is not advantageous at all. So we don't do any of that. It's all about air movement. Okay. And the, sometimes the shorter hauls, because the pigs don't have time to settle or cool, will be tougher to handle than the long hauls. All right. I've got a topic of sustainability that I'm intended to ask you about, but it's it's a big topic. And a lot of times that term gets thrown around in, the, in a very carbon-centered way. I'd say, yeah, if you got commentary on that, what what... How would you think about that question? Oh, the sustainability, what we're doing. Sustainability is a business for our producers. Sustainability with how you look at logistics. I don't know if you've got any commentary on on that as a topic. You know, I think sustainability, we look, everybody looks at it differently, but I kind of come at a, my view is, is it capable of lasting a long time? So, um, you know, we're going to burn diesel fuel in the trucks. We're going to use disposable stuff. So not it's not all perfect, but the model in general stands a chance of lasting 20 years before some technology hopefully comes. I hope there's a technology to eliminate using water to wash the trailer. We'd all love that because it's not easy to find employees. It's not a exactly fun job. So we're waiting for the next technology to eliminate some of our, but it's not there yet. Are we short of hubs? I'm just thinking of just fuel burned because, oh, I got to pick up pigs, drive pigs there, and then come all the way back to Pipestone versus these hubs. And you've got several, you said seven, seven hubs. Is is there a need for more? Or is that a pretty good balance already? We we always put a hub when the new buildings uh, create a line of traffic. Pipestone being the biggest hub because actually a lot of the, the pigs, uh, we go out in the Dakotas and then we bring them back. They come back to northwest Iowa, southwest Minnesota, it's not out of the line. We very seldom run more than, you know, 50, 60 miles of dead miles. It's, it's mm. always in a, a, in a, in a, loop. in a line and a loop. Yeah. All right. Those are all the serious topics. Now, my question for you is what's your biggest headache 
Jarrett, running this whole machine here, what what is the thing that gives you the most grief? Uh, <clears throat> weather, probably, because it's totally uncontrollable. What's the worst thing that's happened or that can happen? Uh, you could get caught in a windstorm and blow a truckload of pigs over. <laughs> Did you have anything blow off the road that Thursday? We've been we've been really blessed, but uh, let's just take Thursday for an example. Uh, we get a phone call saying things are not well out in the Dakotas. Okay, so we start making our preparations uh, already as the storm's just starting to come towards Pipestone. Mm -hmm. And then by 9.30 that night, the call comes in and says, we've got one major barn down. The Salem barn took a major hit. Uh, We knew we had to move in excess of 3,000 animals as fast as possible. Basically, the directions were given, find a way to move that many animals in less than 24 hours because water and feed can be a problem Mm -hmm. so then you really you find out how giving a lot of people are they show up uh, employees put in overtime employees just volunteer and it 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 amazes me every time we've had a tragedy how well it went to get everything done okay so weather and trailers, getting a lot of trailers mobilized and maybe trailers blowing off the road would be part of the weather thing besides yep. a building being affected. What else? Well, manpower, you know, uh, labor. Uh, CDL drivers are short in the world, so that is a constant problem. Did they get better or worse as we shifted more to owner-operator people hauling for versus company employees? Well, it's not better or worse. It's just... Uh, uh, it's a it's a different mentality that uh, the the independence of a trucker is is strong as the independence of a farmer. They like their own truck. They like you know to do it on their schedule to the best you can. So so uh, the owner operators is a great model for us. It gives a gives us another tie to uh, to independence. Okay. So I asked you what give you the biggest headaches. What's the best part of your job? Uh, when, when you don't get a phone call on the weekend that something didn't get done. You, is there ever a weekend where you don't get phone calls? Yeah, a couple. Really? Okay. <laughs> okay. So when you don't get the phone calls, it's nice because you get peace. That's a good weekend. You can focus on the horses. You get horses. Still play with that hobby. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, Hal, I think we covered several things. Is there anything you wanted to talk about with what we do or what transport does that that's worth commenting on? We cover logistics, biosecurity, animal welfare, sustainability, your history, the company's history with transport, anything we missed. Well, I don't think we can name all the people that have made this a success for our shareholders. I mean, there's generations of drivers. You know, we've got we've had thousands of people come through our system that how do you thank them for doing a good job? Okay, people. So, Thanks, Al. I appreciate it. Uh, And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in and tune in next time to Spine Time Podcast. I don't know who our next guest will be, but it'll be somebody.
Swine Time Podcast was created for the pork industry and individual pork producers around the country. Hosted by me, Dr. Spencer Wayne, with the Pipestone Veterinary Services. The podcast contains pork industry news, advancements in animal care, and how to enhance your productivity. Monthly podcasts are available on Spotify, Google Music, iTunes, Anchor, and on www.pipestone.com.